0: With NFL free agency over for the most part, how did the Denver Broncos free agency moves look in comparison to the rest of the AFC West? You get that and much more on today's brand new episode, locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. What's happening Broncos country welcome into a brand new episode Lockdown Broncos your daily Denver Broncos podcast part of the Lockdown Podcast Network your team every day thank you so much Broncos country for taking time out of your day to tune in and make Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day every single day to get the latest episode as soon as it's made available make sure you subscribe or you follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast I'm your host as always Cody Rourke Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports joined alongside as always by my co-host Sarah Benninger site expert predominantly orange.com NFL free agency for the most part is over it's donezo at this point the Broncos have made a majority of their major moves other teams around the AFC West have made a majority of their major moves and we're going to look at a comparison of how the Broncos stack up against the rest of the AFC West in terms of offseason moves key additions key losses and we're going to share our thoughts on it from a Broncos perspective so Sarah Let's open things up here. Obviously, let's talk about the Broncos real quickly, the key additions that they made here. Mike McGlinchey, Ben Powers, Zach Allen, re-signing Alex Singleton being one of them, and the addition of Samaj AP Ryan kind of headlined the top moves for Denver, the key loss of Draymond Jones, but you substitute that with Zach Allen. There you go. It offsets there. But what about the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending Super Bowl champions? How does Denver's free agency maybe stack up
1: against theirs? It's a really interesting offseason so far for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think a lot of people expected them to keep left tackle Orlando Brown Jr., right? I mean, if it was... Franchise tagging him, getting him signed to that long-term contract. Kind of surprising to see them let him walk. And they replaced him with, obviously, Jawan Taylor, a player that a lot of Broncos fans were hoping for. But maybe Jawan Taylor was kind of in a similar boat to Orlando Brown Jr. from a couple years ago. Looks like the Chiefs are going to make him their left tackle, Cody. We know he's played right tackle for his whole career with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, kind of an interesting move there. The Chiefs did pay him left tackle money, if we want to still differentiate between the two there. 20 million per season for Jawan Taylor. So, that was kind of an interesting development, I think, as far as the Chiefs kind of evaluating where they're at post Super Bowl victory. They made that big decision to go after Jawan Taylor and kind of not it's not like a rebuild of their offensive line, but it's really an interesting move because I think everybody kind of assumes, well, Orlando Brown Jr., that trade seems to be really working out for them. Kind of kind of wild to see the Broncos and the Chiefs both in that tackle market here this offseason.
0: Yeah, certainly is there. That was a little bit of a surprise to me, them moving on after they traded. You know, we were like, hey, that's a great move for them initially when that trade happened. But now Jawan Taylor will be there. Another key addition for them, Drew Tranquil staying inside the who is coming over from the Los Angeles Chargers and getting added to that room alongside obviously Nick Bolton. I, he, Drew Tranquil is surprisingly very underrated in my opinion he, he kind of annoys me because he's a pest right he stands out on film because he's always where the football is that's a solid signing for them but let's talk about some of their key losses well you mentioned the Orlando Brown Jr. one but you know they had to release Frank Clark there's always a chance maybe he could re-sign on a shorter deal and come back they lost Juan Thornhill who I think was really playing really well at the safety position for them last season he's going to the Cleveland Browns Kalen Saunders they lose him but even uh, why receiver, right? I mean, they lost two wide receivers who are very good, but they still seem to be loaded at that position after losing Juju Smith-Schuster and McCole Hartman. They still have some dudes at that position that uh, there's no fear of necessarily any fall off from what they're expecting here.
1: Right, a lot of transition at the wide receiver position for the Chiefs in the last two off-seasons. Remember last year they traded Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. Then you bring in Juju Smith-Schuster, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. You've got Nicole Hardman on a contract year. Well, the only holdover from that group is going to be Valdez-Scantling, and he's going to be joined, obviously, by Sky Moore, a second-round pick from last year's draft. But also they made that in-season trade for former first-round pick Kadarius Toney, and I think they do have big players plans for him, Cody. So we saw them just kind of willingly let Juju Smith Schuster. He went to the New England Patriots, of course, Nicole Hardman to the New York Jets. So both guys heading to the AFC East. But the Chiefs, they did really reload kind of last offseason with guys who were maybe expected to have some time learning either on the job or kind of just learning behind the scenes. And obviously Valdez scantling his role increase over the course of the season, made some really big plays for them late in the year and in the playoffs as did, you know, Kadarius Toney. So I don't think the Chiefs are hurting much at the wide receiver position. There's also rumors about them and Odell Beckham Jr. (laughs) This year's NFL draft class as well. So, man, I don't think we can really sleep on the Chiefs any, regardless of the losses that they had, right? You you talk about the Frank Clark loss. Well, they draft George Karlaftis last year. So they they just have guys in place that can take over these different roles. And I'm sure the NFL draft will come around and the Chiefs will – get a bunch of new guys that everybody's like man I really love the Chiefs draft because quite quite frankly Brett Veach yeah they have I think like 12 or yeah (sighs) something like that you're right so Brett Veach he's gonna make good use of those picks we know the Chiefs are the gold standard right now in terms of team roster development it's not just Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes like those guys are the you know you you can't take those guys out of the mix of course but Brett Veach does a really good job building this team, regardless of those two guys, and really amplifying the skills of these other players that they're bringing in. Like the Chiefs, they even brought in, remember John Ross, the guy who ran like a 4-2-1 or 4-2-2 at the scouting combine? He was one of their reserve future signings, so they're like this is how deep they are in terms of scouting just evaluating from the pro scouting department to the college scouting department, they're going to be really in good shape regardless. I think of, especially after the NFL draft, I think we're going to see they reloaded, Pretty well. Well,
0: and they still have Travis Kelsey, who you can't, nobody can guard him. Nobody can find a way to, he, he's very difficult to deal with the game plan. And then Isaiah Pacheco, you know, I got to give credit where credit's due. He runs so hard. So the Chiefs, they are the top dog in the AFC West. And I know we're going to have our offseason crossover at some point in the next couple of months with everybody in the AFC West in, in terms of the shows that we have here locked on Podcast Network. They're still top dog until dethroned. Can the Broncos, can Sean Payton find a way to beat the Kansas City Chiefs for once, to maybe dethrone? them to compete for the AFC West. Right now it's going to be a little bit of a task. They're going to have to walk, you know, crawl before they walk and maybe Denver can walk and then learn how to start running at some point in the near future. But while the Chiefs made some moves, nothing drastic to move the needle, they still are the deadliest team right now in the AFC West. And you have to give respect and you have to give credit to them for that. But how did the Denver Broncos maybe stack up against the Las Vegas Raiders? Josh McDaniel's. the Broncos have struggled to beat the Raiders in the last few seasons. Can that change here in 2023? We'll take a look the free agent signings that they had in comparison to the Denver Broncos. You'll get that on today's episode, Locked On Broncos. But this episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at Built Bar and the Built March Madness bracket is here and we know you have a favorite bar or puff and now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites here today and when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you will be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of Built. Not only that, but one lucky locked on fan will win a 12-month subscription subscription to built to have built's best bars or puffs delivered directly to your door every single month you've got to try built the best protein bar ever and what makes built bars and puffs so great is that they're high in protein low in sugar covered in 100 milk chocolate so run to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there you can vote every day in march so hop in and support your pick
1: Josh McDaniels is partying like it's 2009 in Las Vegas, isn't he, Cody? We look at the Raiders moves in the 2023 offseason. How does it help them stack up with the Denver Broncos right now? Remember Josh McDaniels when he came to Denver as the head coach in 2009? Man, he wiped the Mike Shanahan room clean of all the Shanahan guys, the Shanahan picks. It didn't take him long to jettison Jay Cutler well, it took him a little longer in Las Vegas to jettison Derek Carr, but he finally did it, and he made one of the biggest moves of the 2023 offseason. The the Las Vegas Raiders going out and changing at the quarterback position, replacing Derek Carr with Jimmy Garoppolo. Of course, we'll find out what happens in the 2023 NFL draft, but look, they had a lot of big names to take care of this offseason, didn't they? The Las Vegas Raiders, they had, to, they had Josh Jacobs, the first team all-pro running back, was hitting free agency, They franchise tagged him. Devontae Adams kind of put out some cryptic tweets amidst the whole Derek Carr situation. And I, I don't know if we really know what's going to happen with him beyond the season. But it looks like they're going to keep him in place for the time being, making changes at the tight end position, trading away Darren Waller to the New York Giants and replacing him with a couple guys. So, Cody, let's talk about this Las Vegas Raiders offseason. season Wholesale changes, I would say. That's kind of especially offensively when you're talking about changing quarterback. It looks like this team is getting ready to kind of transition. We had one year of Josh McDaniels working with the the Gruden Mayock people, really. And now we have McDaniels really putting his stamp on this roster. It's the Las
0: Vegas Patriots. That's what they're becoming here. And obviously, you mentioned the addition of Jimmy Garoppolo. How big will that be for them? right? He was one of the top quarterbacks in free agency. Then some other names started getting thrown out there a little bit reuniting Garoppolo with McDaniels, obviously, it made the most sense on paper this offseason. There were, you know, rumors that they were potentially at one point before they signed Jimmy G interested in Lamar Jackson, which, oh, my goodness, could you imagine Lamar with the Raiders alongside Josh Jacobs? Denver has struggled to beat them. And obviously, when you look at the key additions that they've had, you, you know, Devontae Adams last year coming over via trade. He was a big-time playmaker. Denver got the best of him in that first matchup in Vegas. Devontae went off in that second matchup and capitalized against the Broncos defense in an overtime victory they had over Denver here. You know, I also look at it as well, you know, with Foster Moreau leaving to New Orleans. And, and I just want to say, I, I want to extend my my thoughts and well wishes and prayers towards him because they found out he has Hodgkin's lymphoma and that. So I hope that he can make a speedy recovery and hope he can get back to come, you know, playing and making an impact. You and I talked about him, like, we would have liked him to come to Denver. Denver at some point, you know, this offseason before the moves happen. But you know, you go out and you mention obviously the Darren Waller trade. That was big for them. They go in and they bring in O.J. Howard, who I know you and I have loved for so many years, and we've wanted to see him blossom into a playmaking tight end. Well, he's an—he's he, going to be an impact player, in my opinion, I think, in Vegas. They're going to be a great security blanket option for Jimmy G. Austin Hooper, who has been so underrated as a tight end. When you look at all these things there, they are revamping the identity in Las Vegas. Is it going to be something that pushes them in the right direction? How does that impact the Broncos? Well, first off, the Broncos has to find a way to stop Josh Jacobs. If, in fact, I know that they franchise tag him, we'll see if they come to terms on an extension. But man, he's just been the Broncos boogeyman for the last few years. They seemingly have not found a way to stop him. He's averaged over four and a half, five yards per carry against them in matchups. And I I think everything kind of predicates off of being able to stop him. If Denver can slow down Josh Jacobs, obviously they go out and they make the signing of Zach Allen. How big of a difference can he be when the Raiders try to run the ball to his side? You know, you have DJ Jones, Mike Purcell, who's at that other defensive end spot. Like those things matter when we talk about maybe stopping the run game for the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, on top of that, they also lost a couple of other playmakers as well in terms of the offensive side of the ball. They lost Mac Hollins, who I felt like was very underrated for them. Now, his loss probably isn't going to be that big. You know, they brought in a couple other wide receivers here in the offseason, but defensively they, they also lost Denzel Perryman, who I thought had a pretty good year for them last year at linebacker.
1: And they brought in Jacoby Myers, as you mentioned, the Las Vegas Patriots, right? They brought in Jacoby Myers, who may have been, uh, according to a lot of pundits and analysts out there, maybe the best wide receiver available in free agency. Just kind of odd that that they're making some of the moves that they are. To me, Cody, I really don't get the... Why would you trade Darren Waller and let Foster Moreau go? Although, as we know, I mean, Foster probably, I think he's taking this year off, if I remember hearing that correctly, um, to focus on, obviously, his health, which we do wish him the best and, of course, hope someday that he does get to play for the Denver Broncos. Would love to see that. But just as a quick side note, what a – what a perfect time for him to be a free agent and not to sign in the negotiating window, right. To be able to go visit a team like the saints and take a physical and have all that. I mean, man divine intervention if I've ever seen it right there Cody yeah. that's that's amazing that that was caught so I think you know you talk about those transitions that they're making offensively why would you not want Darren Waller on the roster if you're bringing I I, just, I, I don't understand I don't understand what they're doing I, I don't get it sometimes I guess we'll see how it all works out these New England guys they go and they put their stamp on rosters every single situation that we see they do it and I, I, I mean sometimes it works most of the time it feels like like it doesn't. So I happen to be a pretty big supporter of Jimmy Garoppolo. Not that. I mean, obviously, I'm not rooting for the guy against the Broncos, but I feel like what he's done for the 49ers super, super underrated. Just the fact of, I know QB wins is not a stat, right? People get so upset about that, but you can't really deny at three of the last four years, the 49ers went to the NFC championship game or further with Jimmy Garoppolo as their starting quarterback. That doesn't just happen because of just Kyle Shanahan. That doesn't just happen because of a great defense. Jimmy is the point guard of that offense, and he knows how to find open receivers, and he makes good decisions most of the time with the balls. So I'm going to be fascinated to see. I don't think he's really an upgrade over Derek Carr. I I like Derek Carr as well. So I don't know, Cody, do you feel like that's kind of the case for the the Raiders right now is just like – uh, it, it kind of feels like a wash all around. I mean,
0: Sarah, could potentially be a wash there. I look at what Jimmy G did well in San Francisco, right? Game managed the whole entire operation, was smart with the football, attacked the middle of the field, but he also threw the ball downfield to Debo Samuel. You know, he's going to throw the ball downfield too here this season. Devontae Adams and a, and a multitude of other guys there, but it's going to be placated really off of Josh Jacobs and his ability to run the ball with authority there. Jimmy G's got options to throw to I wonder what the balance would be between the run and pass. I'll be curious to ask our boy Q, host of the Lockdown Raiders podcast, about that specifically in terms of the comparisons. But I feel like you really can't diminish either of these guys. Like Jimmy G took the 49ers, helped take them to a Super Bowl. Derek Carr hasn't done that. But Derek Carr has also carved up the Broncos in years past as well. I know Denver took on Jimmy G last year in week three. He had the safety because Randy Gregory, Bradley Chubb, forced a lot of pressure in his face there. And obviously, if it wasn't uh, him stepping on the back, Bradley Chubb would have had a pick six, and maybe that would have just changed the trajectory of an 11-10 ball game at Empower Field at mile high. But these are things definitely to consider here. I look at the Raiders. Denver hasn't beaten them, right? So... Because they haven't beaten them, Denver's going to have to prove that they can go and do that. In my opinion, they should have beat them in, in Vegas this past year. Too many things fell apart in the second half for them. They should have beat them in that that matchup at home. But, you know, a blown coverage cost them that game in overtime. So can Denver finally get over the hump here? I think the moves Denver has made, especially on the offensive line where they can run the ball, maybe the Broncos can be against the Raiders. Who knows? With Javante coming back with Samaje Piran, maybe adding in Latavius Murray, somebody else, maybe Denver can also run the ball effectively against the Las Vegas Raiders. But even more importantly, the Broncos and the Raiders and the Chiefs aren't the only teams in the AFC West. The Broncos also have to focus on the Los Angeles Chargers who have a multitude of questions and changes of their own. How does this stack up against the Broncos? You get that on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. This episode of the show is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. And the tournament is heating up, and there is no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Sportsbook. That's because right now, FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything from the money line to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net when it's all said and done on an app that's safe, secure and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash Locked on to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. The Los Angeles Chargers offseason storyline and how it impacts the Denver Broncos will be interesting to follow. Considering 2023 is going to be a brand new year for each of these teams, as the Broncos look to win over eight and a half games, as set by their win projection by major sports books. The Broncos will have to go through the AFC West. They'll have six total matchups inside the AFC West that they'll have to take care of themselves. Let's take a look here at the Los Angeles Chargers off When you look at it, the Broncos last year, they went one and one They split the series with the Chargers. They seemingly have been doing that for the last couple of years. They obviously won in Denver, lost on the road in disappointing fashion on Monday Night Football in overtime. You look at some of the offseason moves in-house for them. LA, they restructured the contracts of Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa, which will make next year, I think, a little bit more interesting to see how they operate, considering the cap charges that will be coming forth. And on top of that, Austin Eckler has permission to seek a trade with another NFL franchise and Justin Herbert is rumored to be nearing a potential mega extension with the Chargers I mean that right there was a lot that's happening outside of that they didn't really go out and make any big time splashes in NFL free agency though I feel like they did get better they lost Drew Tranquil at linebacker but you know who they added they added Eric Kendricks as well so that is a nice little offset there for the Chargers
1: yeah, they've done a couple of minor things. They were able to figure out Keenan Allen's contract situation as well, because I know there were rumors about well, could Keenan Allen become a cap casualty with his number the way it is, and they figured that out. So obviously they got Mike Williams' his deal done last year. It's going to be interesting, Cody. Here, let's get the let's get our little e- best evil you know scheming looks going on here. Are the Chargers going to do something? Are they going to go somewhere? They've never gone before, right? Paying Justin Herbert at basically what could end up being an NFL record contract, not just not just for quarterbacks, not just for X, Y, Z, like the biggest contract in NFL history is on the table for someone like Justin Herbert in terms of average annual salary. I don't know that he's going to get a $500 million deal like Patrick Mahomes got. I don't know if he's going to get X, Y, you know, the 230 million guarantee like Deshaun Watson got, but I do think in terms of average annual value, we're getting to the point where Justin Herbert Joe Burrow, uh, Jalen Hurts, I'm, I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody else who's on the table for an extension here, Cody, but this could be uncharted territory for the Los Angeles Chargers and the Chargers organization as a whole. They simply do not get this spendy at any position they never have they've never done anything like this they don't they're historically not active in free agency they historically don't have that many big money contracts on the books they're willing to pay market value for guys at certain times we saw obviously philip rivers stuck around there for a really long time But this is about to be a legendary contract and it is going to define the next decade for the Los Angeles Chargers. So we all watch with eager anticipation how much money Justin Herbert is about to get because he is eligible for an extension. And I don't think I think it's only a matter of time before these deals start coming down through the pike now only if Brandon Staley could just
0: stay out of the offense's way, right? I think there are a lot of things to look at there. You look at the Chargers too, the story for them, you know, we I think we covering the Broncos understood it. We finally felt like, oh, this is what it must feel like to be someone who cheers on the Chargers because of injuries like the Chargers for, I mean, how how many years has it been like in a row where they just been decimated by injuries? Denver was last year. We understood what that was like for the first time, I think, in a long time for the Broncos. But like the Chargers You know, look, they're going to be getting Rashawn Slater back. Obviously an impressive, uh, you know, offensive tackle for them who suffered a season-ending injury last year. They had some other guys go down with ACLs. Look, you're going to have Mike Williams fully healthy, Keenan Allen fully healthy. That's always great to have there. The bigger question is, is like, is it Josh Kelly season here for the Los Angeles Chargers? Are they really going to trade away Austin Eckler? Could Eckler be traded during the NFL draft, which could give the Chargers even more capital and more ammunition potentially to go and do something bigger? Big, as you mentioned, we have Chargers are doing some things that we have historically never seen them really embrace, and this could be the next domino effect. The Chargers are a threat to the AFC West. They're a threat to the Chiefs. They're a threat to the Raiders. They're a threat to the Broncos. Can Denver, with Sean Payton, maybe balance that out a little bit? Right? I know splitting the season series is always, you know, it is what it is we want to see Denver get back to dominating the West, right? It's been so long since that has happened. I mean, I believe every team in the AFC West now is has equal division titles with 15 apiece, and now it's like, okay, hey, can the balance of power shift inside this division? We all thought last offseason this was going to be the best division of football. It ended up being one of the worst divisions in football. So maybe at one point they can finally get, get there initially, but Denver – You know, I think they have, I think a roster, they have a scheme right now that I think that can do some things. We saw obviously Russell Wilson play better against the Chargers in that last game. Obviously a touchdown throw to Cortland Sutton. You had the run game going with Beatty. You had it going with Latavius Murray in that game. We'll see how things pan out, but Denver is going to have to find a way to win games in the AFC West. Look, you know, as tough as it is to say, hey, can Denver win the West? Anything is possible, right? We're not shutting that down. But until you beat the Chiefs, until you dethrone, them, until you start winning divisional matchups where Denver's only divisional win came against the Chargers in that week 18 victory, which, you know, for them, if they would have lost that, they would have went 0-4 in the division that's not great optics. Right. And so I think we're going to kind of stay away from predicting maybe how the division may go, but like I said, the Chargers, like they haven't made a lot of big moves, but they're going to make some moves here and there. They had a couple additions that will make an impact, but what they do with Eckler, what they do with Herbert will have ripple effects that could ultimately affect the Broncos and maybe how the Chargers play the Broncos going forward. So I think that's always kind of important to throw out there as well. Uh, Any closing thoughts here on today's episode of the the show, sir? I just want to say thank you to everybody in Broncos country who's, uh, you know, kind of spent my birthday here with me virtually on YouTube. I appreciate being able to spend my birthday doing a show with you, man. And uh, I'm excited for what this season is going to bring. I mean, I I can't lie. I, I wish it was July so training camp would get here. But any closing thoughts on today's episode of the show, my man?
1: Well, happy birthday to you. Obviously, Cody, uh, just thanks for all you do to make Broncos country just uh, informed, uh, excited about the team, uh, knowledgeable about the team. I think it's awesome to just be able to, to celebrate, to celebrate you in that, just to talk a little bit about what you do to make this more fun for everybody. So, uh, I know you put in tons of work. You're one of the biggest hustlers and grinders out there. No, I know you're you too too you don't, you don't, you don't require uh, these kinds of words of encouragement or affirmation, but you should know. And I hope everybody just floods the, the comment section with appreciation for all that you do. Uh, the things that they don't see, the the scripts that get written, the posts that get written, the editing that gets done, the getting to the facility, getting to the stadium, all these different things that you do to help just make Broncos football more fun for everyone else, uh, thanks for what you do, man, and a big happy birthday shout out.
0: I appreciate you, and I appreciate everybody in Broncos country. Honestly, uh, you know, th- I think a lot of like you and a lot of the fans are the reason why I do this. You know, I wouldn't have this job if it weren't for people like you, uh, people you know, like the listeners that, that listen every single day to make Lockdown Broncos their first listen. I mean, it means a lot because we we get to tell things from a different perspective. There's too much clickbait. There's too much just angry overreaction and things that aren't just like you know the, the clickbait stuff people tease oh you know they, they create like these crazy headlines just so they can get viewers in but it's like I, I really appreciate the interaction we actually get from Broncos fans here in the comments I love the interaction that they have with each other so with that said thank you so much Broncos country for tuning into today's episode of the show we appreciate you so much for rocking with us making us your first listen of the day make sure you subscribe you follow for free on YouTube or your favorite podcast provider so you can get the latest episode as soon as it is made available we we now enter the month of April. So what does that mean? The NFL draft is coming up. How might that impact the Broncos? Will they move into round two? Will they move into round one? Will they trade anybody or will they stay put at round three? We'll start getting into third round Thursdays here on the podcast here. Appreciate you, Broncos country. Enjoy your weekend. We'll see you next